It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. As important as it is to delegate, it's just as important not to abdicate. We'll look at that in our thought of the day. And in our interview segment, small business authority Reva Lasansky shares with us how we can avoid some common entrepreneurial road bumps with some really good small business hacks. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. What can happen when an entrepreneur totally relinquishes responsibility? Maybe because he or she so dislikes part of their business that they simply leave it completely in someone else's hands. Or perhaps they leave a difficult situation for their unequipped employees to handle without any guidance. As you can imagine, over time, this just doesn't work out very well. It reminds me of a well-known saying in leadership circles, delegate, don't abdicate. I first received that wise piece of advice many years ago from a mentor when he noticed an area of my very young but growing business that I, I wasn't paying attention to simply because it held no interest for me. I had hired another person to take care of it and left it at that. This person was equipped to handle it much better than I was. Still, it was my business, not his. He was a great guy, but I certainly cared more about it and had more energy invested in my business being successful than he did. Thus, it was incumbent upon me to at least be on top of it. My mentor's advice was profound, and I never forgot it. No, I never forgot it, but... I must admit there were times I ignored it, and whenever I did, it came back to bite me. I actually had one employee, uh, again, this is many years ago, who I found out was stealing from me. Now, I take full responsibility. I was mentally lazy and simply abdicated. It's only because my office manager, Eileen, ever watchful and totally protective of me, discovered it that we were able to get a handle on it before things got too far away. Fortunately, I've improved in this regard over the years. It's still my nature to want to simply ignore those parts of my business that don't interest me. Fortunately, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel, is not only terrific in those areas where I'm lacking, she keeps me involved as well, and that's whether I want to be or not. Of course, delegation is important. This allows us to focus on those parts where we excel, what's most fun, and what keeps us inspired and action-oriented. So indeed, let's delegate those other parts to those who do it better and enjoy it more. But let's also not make the mistake I did. Delegate. Don't abdicate. You know, small business includes many areas where we either don't want to be involved or where we would like to get the important things done in as straight a line as possible. So coming up, we'll explore just that with a true expert in entrepreneurship who also has a great new book out, Wisdom From Which, she'll be sharing with us. Small Business Authority Reva Lasansky coming up right after this. Coming soon, John David Mann's and my new book, The Go-Giver Influencer. Set in the same fictional city as the first two Go-Giver books, it features two young, ambitious business people, Jillian Waters, chief buyer for a national chain of pet accessory stores, and Jackson Hill, founder of a small but growing manufacturer of all-natural pet foods. Each has something the other wants. 
to Jackson, it's the possibility of reaching more animals if he can negotiate terms that will protect his company's integrity. To Jillian, it's about giving her company a distinct competitive advantage in the marketplace if she can persuade Jackson to give them an exclusive. Of course, there's a surprise ending. Marshall Goldsmith says this may be the most important go-giver book yet and adds that in today's polarized world, it could not be more timely. The Go-Giver Influencer will be out April 10th, but you can pre-order now. Visit thegogiver.com or just click the link in the show notes. Running a small business can be hard, confusing, and mysterious, but today's guest says it doesn't have to be. Reva Lasansky is co-founder and CEO of Grow Biz Media, a custom content creation company focusing on small business and entrepreneurship. A nationally known speaker, best-selling author, and authority on entrepreneurship, Lasansky has been covering America's entrepreneurs for more than 30 years. Her newest book, co-authored with Barry Maltz, is Small Business Hacks, 100 Shortcuts to Success, and today we'll look at insights from that book. Reva's main website is smallbizbizdaily.com, and you can find out more about her book there or go directly to yoursmallbizhacks.com. She also publishes the Small Biz Daily blog at smallbizdaily.com. All of those URLs are in the show notes. Hi, Reva. <laughs> Hi, Bob. It's great to be with you today. Oh, thanks for being with us. Now, you say that small businesses are actually uh, filled with quick workarounds and simple solutions. I guess what these days the cool kids call hacks. I don't call it that because I'm not <laughs> particularly cool, but but they do. Now, you and Barry provided a bunch of them in your book. Will you take us through this? Are these shortcuts, if you will, are they easier today because of technology or are they always there, but it took the two of you to bring them to us? I, you know, it's a combination of both. I think that, that we, just as people, we just sort of normally gravitate to what's the quick, what's the quick workaround? How can I do mm. this faster? You know, we've done it ever since we were kids today, though, I think a lot of that technology has done it for us. And I think that sometimes it's good to, instead of thinking of yourself as a, as a retailer or, you know, we're all in the tech business these days. And <laughs> if you're not using tech, you are not keeping up. You're going to lose out to your competitors because you know that they are. So for right. me, it's all about embracing the technology to help you do things quicker. Mm -hmm. Now, you say it's never been easier to start a business, but I'm also wondering, is there a flip side with so much competition all over? Because it's so easy to start a business, it's also easier to fail? You know, it is. I'm, I don't know that it's easier to fail because I think we do a really bad job of keeping statistics in this country. <laughs> yeah. e even after years after the so-called entrepreneurial revolution, we don't have a really good um, grasp of how many businesses there are and how many go out of business and, and that kind of thing. But the one thing that you said, competition today, because of technology and because of the globalization of not just business, but just the globalization of of consumer mm -hmm. consumers and how people act you have so many more competitors and i always look at things through the view of when i was a kid my dad had a a, a clothing store in a neighborhood in queens so we're talking about pre-malls right he opened mm -hmm. his store in the mid 50s and um so he he drew people from the neighborhood and and a few blocks over probably less than a mile away was another store but they weren't really com because they drew people from 
their neighborhood. People tended to shop in the neighborhood these days. Then the malls opened, right? And Mm -hmm. so the malls drew people from several neighborhoods. Um, And then the internet happened and essentially the neighborhood is the world. So so you are competing with the the business down the street or the business, you know, 6,000 miles away from you in the middle of Europe. Mm -hmm. And it's a, so it's a very, it's much more difficult. It's easier to reach more customers, but you're also fighting way more competitors Mm -hmm. to do it. Exactly. What what areas of running a business do you feel? Because you know you've been doing this a long time. I mean, you are yes. a you know you are a star in this field, my friend. What <laughs> um, what areas of running a business would you say most business owners struggle with? Cash flow for one, um, it's always difficult. But two, I think it's mindset. I think that um, that sometimes we go into it thinking because we really know what it is that we're doing or we're driven by passion for this field that we think we know all there is to know. And we may know all there is to know about that particular topic, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what there is to know about business. Um, One of the things that people always, you know, think of is, Ooh, my sales, my revenues, I want to sell blah, blah. Sales don't matter. Sales mean nothing. It's profit, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could sell $5 million worth of, of, of goods and you could spend $8 million to do it. And you're not going to be in business very long, no matter what your sales are. So it's, it's trying to get people to look at the holistic mm-hmm. approach to that and understand that it's profits that matter, that it's, it's all these many different components that go into making up a business that allows you to end up with something that's successful or something um, that's not. And that today things change so fast that you have to keep your eye out there for new markets, how people are shopping like mobile. This is one of my soapbox issues. The mobile revolution, which is, you know, it's, is it a revolution? I actually think it is. Consumers embraced it first and business owners were very slow to understand that consumers were there Mm -hmm. and consumers were buying on mobile and and searching on mobile and doing everything else mobily and businesses were they they weren't optimized they weren't prepared for this and they lagged behind and i worry about with one of the new things um coming up with voice assistance you know with a with the series and um i want to say this low so she doesn't respond the alexas of the world <laughs> she'll, she'll start speaking to me yes Reba. That, <laughs> yeah that there's voice search now people are are buying products using their voice and uh, do business owners are, are we really aware of that and that if you're selling a product you need to now optimize for voice search and so you can't ever there's never a time where you get to get oh you know i got a handle on it i'm cool right oh yeah that one's not happening uh so you have a hundred hacks in in this book a great book hack 17 was how to be more productive in less time and and i just gotta you know ask the question is there really a hack for something like that Tell, tell me more well i think there's a hack but so the reason i love this chapter is and this was not one of my chapters so barry and i split um, you know, the writing in this book. And this was his thing. In, and there's a lot of in this chapter that I don't actually agree with um, because I think when it comes to productivity, 
there are hacks, but you have to come up with your own hacks. It's what suits mm. your, your style. Because one of the things I have two partners in my business and my partners uh, are so opposite of me. Like they'll, I'll get an email from them. We work virtually and they'll say, okay, I'm turning off email. Um, because I want to concentrate, text me if you need me. I would never do that in a million years. It would, it would like so disturb me to know that my email was turned Mm -hmm. off that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to concentrate. So I think what you need to understand is, and one of the things in this chapter is says, turn off notifications. I can't operate like that. Mm -hmm. So understand that there are hacks out there that you, that we do, the, the premise that we need to get better control of our time is so true because there's so much more that is grabbing for our attention. But what you have to do is read the advice out there and understand that if that doesn't sound like you, don't do it. Don't worry about it because it's going to make you less productive right. to actually try to be productive in a way somebody else is productive. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I love this one. Hack 20 was how to brainstorm um, innovating ideas into your business. How to brainstorm. We always hear about that, brainstorming, innovating ideas. Those are all, you know, but, and there were six of them all together. And you can, you can review a couple of them for us if you'd like. But then I want you to hit on the sixth one, which I thought was really hot, which was using certain tricks to spark ideas that you can maybe uh, clue us in on. Yeah. So I think in general, brainstorming is something that not enough entrepreneurs take advantage of because sometimes we go into it thinking nobody knows it. It's sort of like the delegation problem. Nobody can do this as well as I can. Nobody can come up with an idea as good as I can. Nobody, you know, understands my business as well as I do. And so we don't ask other people to help us brainstorm. We don't, we don't ask for that outside input. And I think it's really important. Um, I think brainstorming, I love just sitting around sometimes with my partners, but sometimes just with my friends who understand what I do and say, Hey, you know, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? And so I think brainstorming does not have to be, there are formal ways to do it and informal ways to do it. Um, And I think that's really important that all businesses take advantage of all input. If you have employees, ask everybody in your in your company to give you their ideas, to share them and understand there are no b- bad ideas in a brainstorming meeting. There are just ones that, that you're going to adopt and others that you're, you might ignore. So for, for number six, because I, I, I agree with you, I love this. It's about how do you spark critical thinking? And instead of saying, how do we do this? Try to take the opposite tact, Mm -hmm. you know, think about it from the opposite way. So instead of saying, how do we get more customers? Ask the question, how do we lose customers? And, you know, something like that in the opposite of that, you're going to, maybe you're doing that and you're not even aware that you're doing it. You know, something like specifically like how to lose customers could be, you know, well, don't, don't be on social media. Social media is a waste of time. Well, you're going to lose customers if you're not on social media. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it, there's in the opposite and it just, it kind of like pokes at your brain in a different way. Or say things like that's our policy, right? That that could be, yeah. 
Yes, exactly. Like, like that's the way we've always done right, it. Right, that's, right. That's classic today, especially today. Like, or, you know, like, oh, that's a fad. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if things, it could be a fad, but you don't know. And so I think when it's just about sparking the brain to come up with um, different solutions and everybody, you can do this in different ways. You can do it. Um, when I used to have it, when I was running the magazine and my editorial staff, um, I would do these quarterly and I would invite people to my house, um, and bring in pizza and, or lunch, whatever. And we would just sit around on the floor in my living room. Cause I didn't have enough seating for everybody. And we would just sort of like you did when you were in college, right? You would just sit around and eat and talk. And that's where ideas came from. It's just, it's just giving yourself the environment and the space and the permission to say anything or look at something from a million different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not enough people do that. I got it. No, at all. That was a great idea. By the way, when you were doing that kind of college session, did you watch episodes of the Twilight Zone <laughs> while you were eating well, that pizza and talk? Because that's what we used to do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, when I was in college, <laughs> the big thing was we would watch Star Trek. Ah, ah, ah. After Star Trek, you would have these just weird conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I think about them today and think, hmm, maybe we were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, hack number 30, uh, uh, this was interesting, how to claim your local listing. So I've got to ask lo- local listings, but this is the internet, Reba. Is that really uh, important? This this is one of my favorite chapters. This, I, I wrote this chapter. And this is one of my favorite things because this is one of the things that's kind of um, supports what I said that we're not paying enough attention. So we thought, okay, we, you know, we can be, <clears throat> make sure we're listed in the big search engines and blah, blah, blah. But if you are a local store or a restaurant or an accountant or whatever it is locally, if you operate locally, if you're trying to attract local businesses, you need to claim your local listings. And there are so many, there's something like 200 or something different local directories that, that, that can, um, that you can be listed in. And it goes from, you know, some local Google and Bing and, you know, all the big search engines have local listings as well to things like Yelp, to things like review sites, to things like, um, industry specific sites, like travel, it's like, you know, travel advisory or something where you want to also maybe appeal to local customers. And so you want to, you obviously still want to be globally worried about search, but this is about local. And the trick with this is because there are so many and because it's automated, um, you can do this yourself, right? You can go out there and you can find all these local directories and, you know, includes things like the, you know, electronic yellow pages and that kind of thing. And you can painstakingly enter all the information, but it has to be so exact. So if you, in one directory, if you enter street and you use, you spell out the word and you're, you know, you're 50 down the line and now you're really tired. So you enter street ST that, that machine out there somewhere Mm -hmm. is not going to necessarily go, 
oh, this is the same business. Ah. And so you're not going to gather, you're not going to get the benefit of that. So there's a lot of companies that do this for you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs are too reluctant to say, I can do that myself. I'm not going to spend the money. But that's that old, old, old saying, you know, penny wise and pound foolish, Mm -hmm. is that don't waste your time doing things that, if it takes you three hours, what what can you do in three hours exactly. in your business? Can you find a new client? Can you create something new with marketing? This is the kind of thing, outsource it, because those companies make sure they get every single thing right. They know what to do. They know which sites want photos, which sites don't. They know what size. Just find a company. And the one key today with local listings is the word nearby or near and near me. Mm-hmm. So if you were doing your, 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 your Google, right. And you have a restaurant, people search for Mexican restaurants near me. And so it, when you're doing your search, your, your words, you want to put near me in your words. So you will come up when they search for Mexican restaurants near me. Good and idea. yeah. And Google said that that increases something like, 30% um, of, of you, you're getting hits from, from search. You'll get more hits that way if you use those terms. I ah, love it. Okay, here's a fun one. We'll do this real quickly. Just uh, th- This is Hack 66. This is, this is cool. How to get a celebrity endorsement. Okay, inquiring minds want to know. How do we do so, it? So this, this thing is, I want you to redefine, you know, think of what the word celebrity is. You know, we're not all going to be able to get Arnold Schwarzenegger out there or he's probably not so much of a celebrity. So maybe we could. So uh, Kim Kardashian is not going to endorse our our product. So but maybe in your locality, Uh in in your industry, maybe there is somebody with with celebrity celebrity status. So what you want to do is figure out who do you want? Who's your prime customer, right? Because you want that customer to understand and relate to that celebrity. So you need to find out who who that is, who do they identify as, and is there a cause? You know, if you're doing something that's kind of charitable, um, you might be able to get a bigger celebrity than you ordinarily would because because they believe in your charity, Mm -hmm. because they work with you um, to do that. And then what you have to do is identify those gatekeepers who you're not going to be able to call so-and-so on the phone, but, but do they have an agent? Do they have, um, a, a press, a, a public relations person, a marketing person? Um, if, if they are on a local radio station, let's say, uh, just call the radio station. Don't try to get that person. Always try to find what they call the gatekeeper and then just make it really direct. You know, don't try to beat around the bush to say, Hey, I really want you you to do this. I'd love for you to do this. Here's what we're doing. And I think in all honesty, um, to get them to do something, I, I think if you're, if you're cause related, you have, um, a better chance of getting someone to say yes, than if you're doing it, you know, because, you know, even local radio station people get so many requests. So it, you have to like stand out to them to do for something that they want to participate in. 
Reva Lasansky is co-author with Barry Maltz of Small Business Hacks, 100 Shortcuts to Your Success. You can find out more about their book either at her main website, which is smallbizdaily.com, or go directly to yoursmallbizhacks.com. Both of those URLs are in the show notes. And check out her Small Biz Daily blog URL also in the show notes. Hey, Reva, thank you so much. Wishing you and Barry much success with your book. Thank you so much, Bob. It was great talking to you. Main takeaway I received from Reva is that while there are bumps on the road to small business success, there are also plenty of ways we can cut through the unnecessary in order to discover and utilize the right solutions. Which of the hacks that Reva shared with us did you find most helpful? Please feel free to write to me at bob at berg.com and let me know your thoughts. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Manns and my follow-up parable, The Go-Giver Leader. And look for our third parable in the Go-Giver series, The Go-Giver Influencer. That's coming out April 10th. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.